This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. It is late Saturday night, and actually it is Sunday morning, but uh, Washington defeats Kent State has, with a score of 45-20 to 20 in front of an announced crowd of 56,112. 69 degrees at kickoff at 7.40 p.m. on the shores of Lake Washington. Actually a pretty pleasant night down, uh, down in the field, and, uh, you know, not exactly football weather, but it was pretty much weather neutral, no breeze or anything. So it was just a nice, calm evening down on uh, this, down on the field for Husky Stadium. So why do you say it's not football weather? Well, it's not cold. It was gray. It, was, it wasn't cold. It was used nice to... enough to me. Mm-hmm. Oregon... I'll take this as football weather. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Oregon State game in, in October is usually the football weather when we get the wind and the rain and the cold. So, But uh, good first game, and I think the thing, the storyline of the game, um, uh, of course it's going to be Michael Penix, but you know, a lot of talk on the sidelines about more offensive ingenuity in one quarter of football than we saw all of last year. Uh, they opened up the offense quite a bit. See, and I'm, I'm not so sure about that. What I, what I saw is I saw ex, more execution in one quarter under Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb than I saw under most games under John Donovan and Jimmy Lake. Yeah. Execution was key. You look at, like, early on, like, at, at, at halftime, for instance, I, if I remember correctly, I think they were 7 of 11 in third down conversions. They were 2 of 2 on fourth down conversions. They, they were extremely efficient. And then, obviously, as you just noted, Kim, that's going to start with Michael Penix. Yeah, no, Michael Michael Penix was, uh, I mean, he did what we saw somewhat in spring, but I think he took, excuse me, fall ball, but it just seemed like um, everything was opened up for him. I tried to get out of him how much of the offense they, uh, you know, showed tonight, and he, was, he wasn't biting on that. He was kind of laughing at it, but, you know, you were talking before we started the recording, Chris, most impressive um, opening performance of a quarterback, you know, that we've seen since we've been doing it at University of Washington. Well, you mentioned Keith Price, and I don't remember what Keith's numbers. No, were. I, I looked it up. He was only seventeen and twenty-five for one hundred and two yards. But okay, you know, well, so. the the completions numbers in order, though, those weren't those weren't necessarily offline. But yes, was it twenty-six to thirty-nine for three forty-five, yeah. four touchdowns? To me, obviously, I think it's the best passing effort we've seen in a debut since I can't even remember when. Um, maybe Cody Pickett, maybe Cody Pickett in terms of throwing the ball, but in terms of the overall game and impacting things, probably the best debut since Locker in 2007 at Syracuse. You guys are up here. I'm down on the field, but uh, Michael Penix said he didn't even take a hit tonight. How good did the offensive line play? I I thought the offensive line was great. I mean, there was one, and it, it really stuck out to me, where there was a delayed blitz by a linebacker, and Nate Kleppo came off of his double team on the nose guard. Yeah. 
and picked it up and gave him plenty of time. He made a nice throw outside, <clears throat> got like eight or nine yards, whatever it is. And uh, I, I even said, to you, and I think I posted on the board, you know, just it it was nice to see that because we didn't see that last year. I didn't get the sense that they were really trying to heat him up Mm-mm. all that much. I think they tried to attack him a little bit, but it became pretty clear that even <laughs> even when they maybe did try to overload the box or did try to at least show a lot of guys that he wasn't phased. I mean, that that's clearly a guy going into his fourth year as a starter. He's seen it all. Um, you know, like I've said, we've said many, many times ever since Michael Penix signed a letter of intent to come to, well, not a letter of intent, but a scholarship to play at Washington, it's all about health for him because he has the track record of success. When he plays in games, he's effective and he's efficient, and he showed all of that tonight. Yeah, it was just kind of you got the feeling that anytime Washington got the ball, um, they were going to score. Uh, it just looked like Kent State had no answers for Washington's offense whatsoever. And every time they got the ball, they had two punts today, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and they had a And fumble. then they had the fumble. Yeah, but it just felt like uh, they could just pretty much score every time yeah, they got the they ball. Yeah, they had the fumble, and then they had the on downs where at the very end. Yeah, and that was a fumble too, by the way. Well, yeah. it was, well, that's what they but, said. but it, it sounded like he got it back, it so it didn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a well-executed game. I thought every, uh, other than some of the, like Jack Westover and, and uh, Devin Culp, I think each had drops on the night, like, like straight-up drops. And, but other than that, you know, the tight ends I thought played relatively well. I thought the wide receivers were getting open and doing what they were supposed to do. They were blocking like crazy on the outside. A couple really nice blocks that freed Will Nixon on a couple of those stretch plays and some of the runs down, you know, that went wide and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I thought overall this was probably the best we've seen the offense execute since probably maybe 2017. Something like that. Yeah, they look good. And then, um, you know, the running game, you know, is still going to be a little bit of concern, but they don't have a dynamic running back back there. But uh, on the fourth down play, what (laughs) what happened on that with Wayne Talapapa running it just right into the um, engine? Are you talking about the first one? The one that was the sneak? No, no, the 27-yard touchdown. Yeah. On, on the first fourth down. Yeah, what happened on that? Because I wanted to talk about the first fourth down. No, that was the first fourth down. Oh, was that the, so the next fourth down yeah. was the one? Yeah. Where they look like DeBoer will look like that. Oh, yeah. And they were doing the. Yeah, but. But, yeah. but the, on, on the one for Talapapa, he basically. Um, it, was, it was supposed to go up the middle, like right off of the right butt cheek of the, of the center. And he saw the hole open up, and it, it was basically Fautanu crashed his guy down, and Quentin Moore sealed his guy on the outside. I mean, you could have driven a semi through that hole. There was nobody close no. to him. No. So there was nobody close to him. They just overcommitted to the side where they thought they, that he was going, and he cut it right back. Did it look like from up here that they were kind of selling out to try to stop the run today? Um, there were times when that happened, yes, but not, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, there were times when I saw eight in the box, but I mean, for the most part, no, I, I saw guys lined up, I, I saw them lined up in, 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 you know, more of a normal, normal defense. Yeah. And the play you're talking about, Chris, is, uh, it was third and, third no, and four, it, no, it was third and long and Penix was scrambling and he started his slide too early. Oh, yeah. And he, he started his slide too early. It was initially ruled as a first down, but then they moved the ball back after mm-hmm. 
after the, uh, taking Replay. a look at it. And then uh, we saw uh, it looked like they were trying to draw them off sides. Yeah. And they were doing the shifts, and they were doing all the stuff. And you it, didn't see what we well, saw, the, though. Yeah, you didn't see DeBoer doing the basically like that. Okay, we're calling it off. But then done. behind him, then behind him, he had the guys two doing, quarterbacks. Yeah, they're doing like, do the signal in. They start doing. It literally looked like Rockham, Rockham, Rockham. They were doing. They this, were just doing this little punch in each other, and that's like, when they shifted and they ran it. Yeah, it, it was, was crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was really crazy. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, we're but uh, DeBoer pretty much said uh, post game that that was planned, and they were looking for that. You know, um, for them, you know how it looks like when they get up and act like they're gonna go, and then the defense will kind of sit back down a little bit, and they were looking for that relaxation mm-hmm. to snap the ball, and they actually got what four yards out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah four yards out of it. Well, so. and it didn't look like it was right available to Penix, like right off the snap. But he kind of kept sliding a little bit to yeah. his right, and then found and then a crease. Eventually, yeah. found the crease, and then once he found the crease, he was able to get through well, the line. I've the, never seen that play. Either. The other thing I thought was pretty impressive was uh, DeBoer said there were a few times that he checked through on the protections. Yeah, and I don't know if he was talking about this particular drive or even maybe the next one, because the next one uh, there was a number of uh, of plays that they ran. They ran mm-hmm. ten plays, I think, on that drive too. And he said there was at least maybe three or four plays where he checked down yeah. or he or he shifted to a different front or uh, protection. So he just said, you know, basically with a guy like Michael, the way that we run this stuff, it's so good having a guy that you know you inherently trust mm-hmm. and have confidence in because they have so much history going back that he knows he knows exactly what they're looking for. And then if KSU was all of a sudden switched their front or started bringing guys or not or taking guys into the box, out of the box, then he could adjust accordingly. And he made it look so efficient for a first game. I, mm-hmm. that, that was what was so impressive to me. Yeah, just taking a uh, quick look at the stat sheet, net rushing yards for uh, Kent State, 147. Washington had 132 net yards passing. Kent State had 193. Uh, Washington had 393 uh, total offensive yards. Uh, Kent State with 340. Washington with 525. And kind of the number I think a lot of people were wondering about is total number of offensive plays because Kent State says they want to run 100 plays. And they only ran 68. Washington ran 78 plays. Would that have been a high for last year? I think it's pretty close, yeah. Yeah, and it was about seven to eight plays less than what Kent State would have run on average last year. Yeah, um, uh, time of possession, Kent State with 27-10, Washington with 32-50, third down conversions, and I think this is probably going to be a point of emphasis, you know, this week, uh, third down conversions, Washington, um, excuse me, Kent State was 10 of 17 on third down conversions, Mm -hmm. that's not going to cut it, Washington was 9 of 15. Yeah, one of the reasons for a lot of those was because of the missed sack opportunities. Yeah, Yeah. they missed a slot, and we'll talk about that, you know, when we start talking about the defense a little bit. He was slippery. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Talapapa, 11 carries for 57 yards, and he had the 27-yard carry in there. He had a touchdown. Uh, Will Nixon, uh, excuse me, Wayne Talapapa had 11 for 57, correct, and Will Nixon, uh, 9 for 29. And the uh, Roma Dunsey had seven uh, receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. Jalen McMillan had five for 87 and two touchdowns. And Michael Penix, again, um, 26 of 39 for 345. Dylan Morris had a little bit of mop-up time in the fourth quarter, but uh, 
Uh, also, just one other stat on the personal stat sheet, uh, Jack McAllister was punting, and he was uh, two for 68 yards. Mm-hmm. He had a 48-yard and a bad, bad, bad. Yeah, but just remember, for the 48-yarder was out of his end zone. Yeah. The 20-yarder was when it didn't matter. Yeah, and uh, just defensive side of the ball, nobody really, you know, with a huge number game, but uh, Alfonso Tupatalo is the leading tackler with eight, and Michelle Powell next with six. But And Asa Turner. Asa Turner, yeah, uh, Asa Turner had two picks, and I thought, you know, if we want to get over to the defensive side of the ball, I thought, um, you know, we're, we're seeing Savelle Smalls really jump out. Yeah, yeah, I thought he had a good game. Um yeah, Six as, tackles. Yeah, as far but I mean there were some there definitely was some missed assignments where they crashed down and the quarterback kept the ball and, and I mean their quarterback was their leading rusher. What what did he have like forty eight yards something like that? So um, you know he do you see it there? Yeah, he was uh, eight carries for forty seven yards. 40, yeah, forty seven yards. And he was their leading rusher, but I mean yeah. two of those were were big carries because he. Faked the handoff inside. Either ZTF or Savelle crashed inside, and they went right around them. So. Yeah, they're two running backs, including yeah. the 250-pounder. They were combined 22 carries for uh, 70 yards, which I think you'll take from them every yeah. time. Because, again, I had to tell people, this is an offense that ran for 252 yards last year at Texas A&M. This is an offense that was very potent. And even though they had a different quarterback last year, a very experienced one, this quarterback, even though it was his first start, was a guy that's very experienced in this offense. He's a third-year guy, um, big, elusive. I'll be curious to see how he is in terms of the stats for future quarterbacks that Washington goes up against. I have a feeling this guy is going to be right up there statistically in terms of running the ball and and trying to elude those guys. Because, again, we talked about it. Yeah, there was a lot of edge play and a lot of missed opportunities because their run game, even though they only ran for 147 yards, DeBoer made the comment in the post game: you, if they get those sack yardage, now you're really talking about maybe even closer to like 100 yards. Well, they also seemed to, you know, they were on a third and 10, third and 15, and they were running the ball and getting first downs. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are a couple. Yeah, you know, and I think most of the adjustments that you're going to see. Um, you know, this week in practice, they're really going to focus on the defense. But, you know, the opening play of the game, you know, Asa Turner has a pick, and then he has another one um, in the second half, too. Which stopped a drive deep in Washington territory, and then McKellis Steen had one to end the game. So, yeah. Or not completely end the game, but... Um, Essentially end the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So, it was... I, I thought the defense, for, for what they were going up against, I thought they played relatively well. Michelle Powell did give up the long touchdown to... Devontae's, I remember, can't remember yeah. the last name, but uh, um, and then that was uh, a really well thrown. Yeah, ball. it was. It was well thrown ball. And then uh, Jordan Perryman, I think, is the only one that really came out with an injury. It looked like. Who and knows? We, we don't, don't, know. don't know if it's a cramp he or was, if it was worse. He so. was trailing uh, Cephas all over the field, yeah. and Cephas ended up with five receptions for 105 yards, something like that. So yeah. he had a pretty big night, but he didn't hurt Washington that much. Yeah, uh, DeBoer said that Perryman was a leg injury. Um, he was really hobbled coming off the field. He was in the injury tent for 10, 15 minutes, and when he left the field, 
Um, he seemed to be walking okay. He still looked in pain, but he was walking off under yeah. his own power. So, you know, we didn't see an air cast or anything like yeah. that come out. So we'll just have to see. And we'll just also have to see uh, how much Kalen DeBoer's wounds talk about injuries because Jimmy Lake just yeah. flat out wouldn't talk about him. Yeah. So we'll see what Kalen DeBoer I has to Kalen's say about that. I think just going to say, you know, it'll be day to day and we'll go from here. Yeah, you know, he has a tough time sometimes with the coach speak. He yeah. seems to be pretty upfront and honest with most of the stuff. But, um, uh Talk to me a little bit about what you saw of the linebackers. Cam Bright, I thought, uh, had some really nice uh, plays out there. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do as much as I thought. He only, I think, totaled like two or three tackles on the night. Um, he was he he was making sure guys were getting lined up. I mean, Tupatalo was the one who was kind of everywhere uh, making plays, and maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that's because he was playing Probably the will. Four. What? Yeah, four tackles. Yeah, four tackles. Okay. So, but Talapapa was playing more of the will, whereas I think. Tupatala. Sorry, Tupatala <laughs> was playing more of the more of the will, whereas Bright was playing the mic. And then we did see, um, you know, uh, Carson Bruner got in there. Um, Daniel Haymuli got, yeah, got, got, got in there. Yeah, got in there. Chris Mole got in and, there. And uh, and Fowler even at the end. Yep, so True Fowler got in. It was there. nice to see them them kind of empty their bench yeah. and get, make some. Energy. I was gonna say just so that doesn't get lost, I just counted it up. They they played sixty five players according to the um, the participation. Yeah, I didn't notice any freshmen. Uh, there was J- Javion Green. Javion Green. Okay, I did not see. He's, he's probably on special teams then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, and then um, guard Memelard saw his first action. Yeah, Miles Morrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, Miles Morrow. Also saw his first. I don't. Gary Hatchet. He played before, hadn't he? He had played before, I think, but not hundred percent sure on that. Um, and then on. Oh, the, and also Javion Parker. Played according to the participation. Okay. Must have been on big ninety four kick on kicks. I don't know. Yeah. So that's anyway. Yeah. There's that. And so then those uh, are the two freshmen that played. And also uh, a couple walk on Sean Toomey Stout played the mm-hmm. safety nickel. Um, he played in there. Zeke Palouer played a little bit. So you know Maurice Hines got in there a little bit. Um, Sakai Asal they have him listed as well. Um, a bunch of guys. Davon Banks. Um, I did see, yeah, Davon Bates. Camden Sermon played a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, just a bunch of guys. And I think, obviously, for the, for the Washington fans, they're really excited about uh, Ulamu Ali getting in there and playing a little bit too. So, clearly, that's a great sign for him moving forward. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Also, um, you know, I asked uh, Coach DeBoer about this after the, um, after the game, but um, I found it a little strange that uh, Matteo Mele came in um, you know, in the second half for Corey Luciano, and he says, you know, we just want to get mix and match guys, and he's been playing well. That so. actually came in the second quarter, Yeah, right? second, second quarter, quarter, like the end yeah. of the second quarter. So, yeah. the, and the thing was, Luciano was really struggling. They had that 320-pounder that they had over the nose. He was struggling getting any kind of movement, and that's why they were struggling to run up the middle. But melee did much better. I mean, the guy blew melee off the ball a couple times too. So. Yeah, so something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, is, uh, well, 
are you anticipating them releasing a depth chart on Monday? Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see who's on there. We see how much not putting out a depth chart helped Oregon. <laughs> well, so, I'm just saying. So you've got dumb. you've got two you've got two you've got two different two different situations. One that I, put out I would a depth be chart. seeing that if the Huskies did it. Yeah. It's dumb. Oh no, it's idiot. It's it's dumb. I mean, it literally there's literally nothing to be game for. It's it. completely petty. So yes, I expect 100 percent that they will have a depth chart. I almost preferred what they did last, what Jimmy did last year, just one at the beginning of the year, and it was pretty much the same thing every week, even at guys that were out for the season. Well, and he also would not put out a depth chart until the other team put theirs out first. Yeah. The ultimate, the ultimate dumb. pettiness. It just is. It's yeah. just so petty. Well, and that's it's why it's bad. Yeah, it's just a bad look. Right. No, I mean, it's like not you're scared. If you actually even care about these things, yeah. I mean, I'm just let's put that out there first. First of all, on the level of things in a football game that people should be caring about, this is like dead last to begin with, it, or it should be. So, all right, uh, wrap it up, Chris Fetters. It's late. Oh, we're wrapping it up already. Well, did we didn't really did we talk much about the defense? Yeah, yeah. We did. okay, all right. I no, I was just I, I was very very impressed. I I think that you know given coming off a four and eight season, losing the way they did in the Apple Cup nine months ago, for them to turn the culture around this quickly to beat a quality MAC team, a team that's expected to uh, compete for the MAC title, that's supposed to win their division again this year, like they did last year. I think that's really, really impressive. I mean, a lot of teams take MAC teams lightly, and usually it's to their detriment. And so for Washington to come out here, and especially on the first play, to get an interception to really set the tone, to get that touchdown from Telepapa to set the tone offensively, to be as efficient as they were offensively to start. And to be honest with you, uh, if if John Donovan's offense was that efficient, he wouldn't have gotten fired. No. I would totally – that's my hot take. You, well, Washington Jimmy fans, Lake wouldn't have been here. Washington, exactly. Washington too. fans could skewer me up and down. Offense is about execution, plain and simple. I don't care what kind of offense you run. If you can execute it, you're going to have success. The fact that these guys had success tonight means that they were well coached. Yeah. And they were well coached because they executed well. It built off each other. Well, and so those things go hand in hand. The fact that they were able to jump off and get to like a 31-13 lead at halftime – meant that they were able to bring all these other guys in, which gave them a look in and said, hey, by the way, guys, your work in the offseason also went noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're giving you opportunities to play because you earned it and you worked hard to get it. So I think there's so many things that they can build off this week. And on top of it, Kim, we were talking about before we start hit the record button, this is an opportunity for these guys to say, not only did we win, and they won't say this, but they covered, mm-hmm. but on top of that, You've got a situation where there's so much that they can work on to improve. The edge rushers getting after the quarterback, really heating them up, and then being really productive, getting sacks. You know, the offensive line, you know, for all the good that they did in the pass protection today and whatnot, they could probably be better running the ball. And the offense and the running backs could probably be a little bit better. But overall, to be this effective and this efficient right off the bat in game one. If you're a Washington fan, you couldn't. I, I personally, I don't think you could be any happier with Kalen DeBoer and what this bodes for for future, not only just future weeks, but just going ahead and with the culture and everything else that they've established. It's a great first start. Scott Eklund, not only wrap it up, but uh, there was a quarterback recruit on the sidelines that we were kind of surprised to see. Yeah, Austin Mack from uh, um, Folsom, Folsom, uh, 2024 kid. 
six five, two hundred pounds, huge, huge kid. We thought he was a basketball player. I, well, I did, I did. <laughs> he you looked, guys didn't. I did when I saw. Well, him. What was funny was you go, Scott. Is that the guy you're talking about? <laughs> and I was like, Yep, that's him. So um, yeah, but uh, big kid. Yeah, yeah. There were there were quite a decent number of recruits here. Um, Landon Hatchet uh, and um, Jacob Jacob Lane. Um, we, I, who I expect to be at pretty much every game. I believe I mean, Jason Brown was here as well. Yeah, that's what some after O'Day yeah. came back last yep. night. Big game, and uh, you know there there were there were a lot of um, recruits on campus. The whole I think half of East Side Catholics team was there. Seattle Prep was here as well. There were a bunch of kids from there. So um, yeah, I I I thought it was a good good first game. Just I, you know, echoing what Chris said. I, I and and there's still a lot to improve on. That what's going to be exciting is seeing the steps that Washington's offense and defense takes next week. Although Portland State shouldn't be a team that. They have to bring their eight Tell you what, four to play, but they they, they, they they tried to heat up San Jose yeah. State in their so, game one. So. But but um, you know I want to see Washington come out and be efficient, get like a fifties to tens kind of game. You know, um, get out and play play the backups some more. We need they need to get some more reps. So um, and then you got Michigan State. Don't overlook Portland State to get to Michigan State. You got that. You got to make. You got you got to just come out and handle your business next week. But I think they handled business really well. I think um, you know we talked about uh, Michael Penix's debut and how it could be the best um, that we can remember. Blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. Well, um, that's going to happen when you have a fourth year player, fifth year player, you know. And 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 I think you're going to see more great de- debuts for for players across the country. When they're playing quarterback, because you've got all these big time guys transferring, so um, that's going to be kind of interesting to watch. But yeah, great first start for them. Um, looking forward to getting back on the field next week and seeing what the team looks like again. And and then uh, two weeks from today, man, it's going to be it's going to be fun watching them against Michigan State. And a one o'clock start. I'm so Scott's excited. You have no time. idea how excited I am. Yeah. No, no, actually isn't. And twelve thirty would have been better, but let's talk to Elise Woodward on the sidelines. And uh, you know something that was happening down on the sidelines today that we didn't see all of last year, and we didn't see it the year before because of COVID. It was fun down there. The players were having fun. It just seemed like we had an innovative, creative offense with plays, and you didn't know what was coming. They were executing really, really well. Um, you know, so. Yeah, it was also just really good to see Michael Penix. He's been through a lot to come in and have the kind of game he did. But I think that was pretty much, you know, from the sidelines as people were talking about how much more fun it was uh, there. So, uh, you know, it's just Kalen DeBoer. He's just the same guy all the time. He's not up. He's not down. He's not a yeller. He's not a screamer. But, uh, you know, I think Washington's got the right guy in Kalen DeBoer. So um, a pregame, it was pretty funny, by the way. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Jamarcus Shepard's a wild man. I mean, he's just trying to get everybody hyped up. And he's the wide receiver coach, and he's over there getting in the face of the defensive lineman. I have never seen a wide receiver coach like that get in the face of the defensive lineman. So that was pretty funny, and uh, Inge was doing his part as well. So uh, it's just a good day at Husky Stadium. The weather was great. Uh, you know, wish they announced 56,000, you know, uh, attendance. But, uh, How depressed were we a year ago today? Oh, yeah, it was just bad. I mean, 
it's, I mean, it was just so depressing coming out of here. And I don't even mean because we're rooting for UW. It was just, it's like, we're going to have to cover this team for the next 13 weeks. This oh, yeah. is going to be nuts. Yeah, we've had it worse. But yeah. anyways. Yes, um, we have. <laughs> hey, just a reminder, I think the prom- promotion, the biggest promotion of the year, 75% off lasts until uh Sunday night. Right? Sunday or no, Monday night. Monday night. So you know, if you're not a subscriber, good time to do. You're never. You're not going to see any more promotions until Black Friday. So after the season. So I'm going to cut it short. It's a long day. We've still got a lot of work to do. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells, along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs.